Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, podcast listeners. We just wanted to announce we have the one and only the Vitality Shift Immersion Day this year in all of the world, and it's actually in Montreal, Canada, and it's on November 2nd. So if you would like to come out and have a full day and learn how we implement our shift, kind of dive deep and have any questions, it's in Montreal right at the airport. You can find information at www.trueconceptseminars.com, and that's again November 2nd in Montreal, Canada. We hope to see you there. Now enjoy the show. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and I get to head back down to New Zealand to interview a good friend of ours who uh, graduated from Sherman in 1985, practiced in New Zealand, and then was one of the masterminds for the New Zealand College and and grew an amazing practice and now is the president of the college. And so it is my great pleasure to introduce Dr. Phil McMaster to the podcast. Welcome, sir. Hey, thank you, Don. Nice to uh, be with you. Nice and early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's early for you, midday for us, but we got it all, yep. our times all figured out. That's what I love about the podcast. I, I joke around. It's our podcast of accents because I try to get someone from a different country every week. So there we go. We're bobbing back and forth. So it's great. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently the New Zealand accent was voted the sexiest accent in the world just last week. Was that just, uh, and then the Canadians right behind that, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Of course, of course. Yeah. Hey, cool. So, um, you know, for a lot of people out there, um, they might not be familiar with, with you as the president of how you even started in chiropractic. What even got you started in this crazy profession in the first place? Really, really simple. I was at high school playing rugby and cricket and just enjoying doing that and wondering what, what am I going to do when I, when I get out of this place? And I went to a chiropractic career evening oh, wow. uh, that a, chiropractor, a local chiropractor was putting on. Um, I was interested in, in, in the body and health and that sort of thing. Um, not even really too sure why I went to it, but it was literally like someone had flicked a switch uh, when they were talking about the body's ability to heal itself, look after itself, coordinate. And they were talking kind of language that even as a 17-year-old, I thought, wow, I didn't know there was a profession that actually um, used all of this and, and was revolved around it. So that's what got me into it. And literally from there on in, it was like, well, this is, this is me. This is what i got to do. So uh, it was a matter of having to go to the States because mm -hmm. there wasn't college in New Zealand then. Uh, I could have gone to Australia, uh, but the advice I was getting was that if you wanted to get a really good chiropractic education, that this is the place you want to go to, and it was Sherman College. So I did everything I could um, to get enough money to go to Sherman because in New Zealand, if you went to university in New Zealand, you didn't have to pay, but you couldn't get loans. So I had to... Wow. Work like crazy to make some money to get over there and, and pay for the tuition. So, so for the career night, so I'm just interested, what, was it a school that was put on the career night or what was it just a chiropractor that was just getting people to be chiropractor? It was actually Robin Taylor who uh, later went on to be a good friend of mine and um, he was a, a past president of this college 
That's really so. And, and so he just decided to do a career night just to get people yeah. to become a chiropractor and not generally for a school, but just in general for chiropractic. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, interestingly, he had a student from Sherman mm-hmm. who was doing an externship with him at the time. And I think it was the student's idea. So they held it in, in their offices. Um, I just happened to see a sign at the college, the, the high school that I was going to, and, um, and went along. So that was it. That's cool because we always talk about leadership on this podcast and it's funny, just as little as setting up a career night might just totally change someone's life. Like that's Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) The interesting thing is, so I went all the way to South Carolina about a year later Mm -hmm. and I'd never even been checked by a chiropractor before. (laughs) I looked at to myself, how did I do that? I I was so busy trying to get there. Right. That it didn't occur to me, and, and I later on said to Robin Taylor, well, why the hell didn't you check me? Come on. So, uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. All the people at Sherman thought I was some crazy alien who just sort of turned up and I'd never even been to a chiropractor before, and it came all that way to go to chiropractic college. So I was one of those ones who I don't have a uh, remarkable, miraculous chiropractic story, and that's not the reason that I got into chiropractic which I think is pretty, um, it was useful for me because essentially that's the way I practiced and that's the way we view things here at the college is it's not about symptomatic care, it's, it's about lifetime care. That's all oh, cool. So so you actually, um, when you went to Sherman, is that kind of when you just kind of discovered more about it? How was your experience at, at Sherman? Oh, it was great. It was great. I mean, it was, I was only 18 years old when I went there and you know, whole new country, whole new culture down south in America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the people there were just so welcoming. And there were a few other New Zealanders who were already there, but then a whole lot came after me. Quite a few. We, we had a community of Kiwis. It was yeah. probably about, you know, a dozen or 15 of us at its high point. And we had our own little community within that community there. And it was great. And, you know, chiropractic just sat very, very well with me. And I was very, very passionate about it and never looked back. It's just been my life ever since. Ever since, yeah. And so when you graduated then, you, did you immediately go right back to New Zealand and open practice? Or how, how did you do after you graduate? Actually, I, I, after I graduated, I worked at Sherman for a year. Um, my wife had just had a baby, was a year behind me so we had a a young son um, who was born just before I graduated and then um, Sherman College asked me to do some recruiting for them and I I assisted in some classes and they had a a chiropractic assistant program running then so Mm -hmm. I was uh, I was the director of the chiropractic assistance program for a year there you go yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. And, and so when you came back to New Zealand, did you start as an associate or did you open up from scratch or how did that start? Well, we didn't even know what associates were. We, there, was no, there was no idea of that in New Zealand. It was just a given. When you come back, you start your practice and away you go. So I, I went to a place called Topol, middle of the North Island, where I always wanted to live. Even when I was young, I always thought I would want, wanted to be there. My grandparents lived there. Uh, we set up practice there uh, straight away, uh, got really busy very quickly, um, 
just loving it. Great community. Our kids, because we had another one by then, um, were all just part of it. So it was one of those really good stories about going to a place where you love to be and resonate and doing doing your job and, and enjoying it, really. It was great. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, we have a lot of chiropractors out here that might have just graduated or just started. What, what were giving them some of the ideas of the things that you did at the beginning to get your name out there? Because when you're starting from zero, you have like no momentum at all, and it takes a lot of energy kind of at first to get that that ball rolling. So yeah. what did you do? Well, first of all, I had lots of energy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was, did have lots of energy, um, and so building a practice, we literally had to build the walls inside the. We had some space. Uh, but we built the walls, put the carpet, did the painting, we put the drapes up, everything. And so literally it was a case of whenever we went, I went to go and buy paint to paint the walls and the people selling the paint, what are you doing? You tell them the story, they get interested, they become patients. The electrician, everyone who was working on the place, the building that was being built, they all became patients. Um, that was just the way it, that's just the way it went because people were curious. What are you doing? You're new in town, etc. So I just, you know, it was like got my foot in the door. I wasn't going to take it out. So they're going to hear my story. And this was the story. And, uh, and basically just built the practice that way and got around the, um, around the community, did the, did the talks at the Lionesses and the Lions Club and the, you know, all the business clubs, that sort of stuff. I was also kind of lucky in that I was I was still uh, I was involved heavily in in rugby, so right. I was playing playing rugby for a a club in in the town, um, and then I played sort of provincial rugby, which is the sort of next step up. So was kind of known a little bit around the place for playing rugby, but of course those circles were also interested and they got the story as well. So um, people just started to to come in, get checked, and then they started telling other people or referring them. And uh, really, I suppose it was just energy, like you say. Yeah, and just and, and being involved in the community and and talking about what you do all everywhere you go, basically. Well, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. It. And then later on, interestingly, um, you know, I was on on a couple of the kindergarten board for my kids, and just known around the place like that. And then later on. I actually got invited to do a weekly radio show, a sports show on on Saturday mornings, uh, covering the the local rugby and that sort of thing. So again, it was just not just being known as oh, that's that's Doctor Phil the chiropractor, right? Uh, so that was just sort of in people's mind's eye, and when they thought chiropractic, they thought McMaster. So. It worked really, really well. And like I say, it was a great community that we loved being in and we're a big part of, you know, things like the tennis club, the rugby club. Uh, we, we sponsored quite a few events because Taupo is kind of the events capital of the North Island in New Zealand. There's a lot of uh, multi-sport events and things like that. So we used to get involved in that. I was a director of, of New Zealand Ironman for about 15 years. Oh, cool. um, had like 250, 300 people that worked under me in that. So it was just just getting known. And I think it's, a, you know, I say to the students here, go and live where you want to live, be where you resonate well, be part of the community and be a good citizen. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty basic, right? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I never did a screening. I didn't yeah. do a screening at all in, in my time practicing for 30 years in Topo. And, you know, I, I was as busy as I could be. Mm-hmm. I, you know, literally, I was seeing the sort of numbers that I wanted to see um, that some people thought was outrageous, but most of you know, everyone was coming in for regular care. It wasn't, was not a, uh, a symptomatic relief practice really at all other than you know obviously that that first stage of care often it is but the uh, the education process was very authentic there was no gimmicks it was just well this is what we do for our family if I was you I'd do it for yours <laughs> that's perfect well that, that brings me to the other aspect of it too because we also have chiropractors on here who who run the humding and practices and, and sometimes they get a little bit burnt out or they kind of lose that self-care. Was there any time in practice where you kind of got injured or, or you got worn down or burnt out? I got injured a couple of times from playing rugby. Um, yeah. <laughs> not from practicing. I'm, I'm built the way I am for a reason, I think. Yeah. To be able to continue to practice chiropractic in a manual sense. Yeah. I had, really had no problems with that whatsoever, which, which was lucky, especially seeing the numbers that I, that I saw. Um, but in terms of, you know, that mental drain and, and, and burnout, um, I suppose, yeah, there were, there were a couple of times when, you know, needed to take a holiday because chiropractors, in my opinion, are the worst people in the world at taking breaks. Yeah, I know. Because, <laughs> you know, we tend to think, well, no one else can do it the same way I do, and these people won't come unless I'm here, right? Yeah. But no, I got over that pretty quick and uh, used to get locums in quite regularly so that uh, we could go away as a family, um, you know, on quite regular occasions. But didn't take the big long breaks, but took quite a few short breaks um, in that respect. But most of the time when we took breaks, we were going away with other friends who were chiropractors. So yeah. you were still kind of a bit juiced up with chiropractic, you know. Yeah, yeah. You say, well, that's, that's what we do too. Like, it's it's kind of what you do, right? So it's you want to try to have fun and rejuvenation, but still be kind of dipped in that that philosophy, right? Well, yeah, it's a lifestyle, isn't it? So you know, you tend to hang out with the people that like to do what you do, mm-hmm. and they tend to be, you know, other chiropractors. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Now, I, I really like the story how uh, you say you guys were uh, were meeting together with other like minded chiropractors, and and then by accident, kind of a school formed. Like to, to oh, tell yeah, the yeah. listeners a little bit about this, because again, we really want to inspire people out there because it, it doesn't take that many people to make a difference. And so we're really trying to encourage chiropractors, especially in the vitalistic model around the world to take leaderships positions or leadership stances. And I think this story is a really inspirational story for people. listening. Yeah. Well, speaking of leadership, it wasn't, it was not leadership by ambition. It was <laughs> almost leadership by accident because, um, those of us that did go to Sherman, um, when we came back to New Zealand, everyone did very, very well, set up their, their own practices. And we just liked to get together quite regularly. So we, we decided, um, not just those of us who went to Sherman, there were some others like Robin Taylor uh, and a few of the others who had encouraged us to get into chiropractic. Um, we decided that we should get together, you know, about quarterly, uh, have some fun, talk about chiropractic, share some of our practice sort of experiences, that sort of thing. And so we formed a group that was called Chiropractic First New Zealand Limited. Now, <laughs> the only reason we, we formed a company was because we wanted to be able to write off 
the expenses of a, of a weekend away together, you see. Um, word got out that there was this radical splinter group that had formed in the profession. <laughs> Far from the truth, but we were also known as the Sherman Mafia, I think, at the time. Um, but as it so happened, we just used to like to get together and we would have, um, you know, we'd have, have dinner and we'd play some golf or... or you know, indoor cricket or would have some activities, have some fun and just share each other's company. Um, and of course, the conversation always revolved around chiropractic. Yeah. And what actually happened is there was a feeling within the group that we needed more chiropractors in New Zealand. It was getting more, more and more expensive to go to the States. Uh, the New Zealand dollar had been devalued to help out the farming community. So basically, the New Zealand dollar is worth 42 cents US. Wow. Um, so <laughs> it was pretty tough to get people to go to the States. So, you know, we'd had a couple of drinks, a few beers and a few wines, and, and someone, may have been me, had said, <laughs> well, well, why don't we start our own chiropractic college? And, of course, everyone gets in behind that and is cheering and carrying on and we, we became a little more vocal about it and you end up painting yourself into a corner that you can't get out of, right? right. So a few of us who ran with that, uh, namely Jim Stanier, who was the first president of the New Zealand College of Chiropractic, Robin Taylor, who I spoke of before, Brett Island, who was my great friend, who was a, f a flatmate of mine or a, a roommate in the States, who was kind of like my chiropractic soulmate. Um, yeah. So the the four of us kind of picked this thing up and ran with it and we got ourselves voted on the New Zealand Chiropractors Association executive. Yeah. And basically we ran the initiative from there and that was a, sm a smart thing that we, I don't know whether we thought it through that well, but the reality is when the college first started out, it was started as the members of the New Zealand Chiropractors Association were all shareholders. And oh. so they all had interest in it. It was, they all had skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And that worked out really well for us because essentially we had support from the profession. And because it was a standalone and it was, you know, we, we didn't go down the university track. We decided we wanted to go standalone, private autonomous, which is a harder way to go in terms of accreditation and all that sort of stuff. Right. But I think that was really a key for us because the profession had some control over the direction of the way that the college was being run and the way that it, the direction of it. So mm -hmm. um, that's kind of how it started. It took us about really, once we got serious about it, 1992 was when we, we really started to, to work on it and we opened the doors February 1994. Oh, wow. That wasn't yeah. that long. Jeez. <laughs> no, no. Jim, Jim Stanier ran that. He, he, became the, he became the president of the NZCA. And then once we had the structures up and running, uh, he became the CEO of the whatever it was called, the limited liability company that we set up the school under because it wasn't a, an education trust to begin with, uh, because some of the courses were taught concurrently from Auckland University. 
uh, the anatomy, physiology, that sort of thing. Um, now we do it all here. It's, it's, it's no longer built that way, but we had to do it that way because of the funding, because right. uh, the students couldn't get funding because we were not accredited. Back in those days, a college couldn't be accredited until you had a full program running. So literally, our pioneer students, bless them, and they are a great lot. Uh, you know, we told them, nah, she'll be right. She'll be right, mate. You'll, you'll be able to practice. That won't be a problem. We had no idea. We had no idea that that would be the case. Uh, it's but, funny. I've, I've interviewed Dr. Kelly Holt on here, and he was, oh, he was in yeah. there. Where the, if they didn't pass, like, the whole school would fail, so they had all that pressure <laughs> on them for their exams. So, so anybody they who wants were, to listen, go back to drdomagdahl.com, and you can listen to that interview with Dr. Kelly Holt. And oh, yeah. hear, hear from the student's point of view, and he's freaking out. Wondering if you, <laughs> It's going to That's actually be a practice after. <laughs> yeah, Kelly was one of those one of those pioneer students, and I, and I really mean pioneer in the truest sense, because they really did suffer some hardships once they once they'd finished with the college. Um, they had to jump through some hoops, and and it, you know we helped them, we had to support them, um, but there's a certain resilience that they they still have as a result of all of that. Some yeah. of them may have felt like, you know, they've only just got over it, but um, they, they really are a great bunch of people. And um, they believed us and they had faith in us. You know, the sort of people that they are, at one point the college was in some financial problems or there was some difficulties. So they all got together and we put their fees up by double. It had to go up by double. And they decided that they would all pay a thousand dollars each more because it was still going to be difficult. So, oh geez, so, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, how how has the political climate been in New Zealand, um, like over the years, as far as kind of like chiropractic goes? Um, well, in those those first couple of years after we had uh, students complete the the course. There were some difficulties with the chiropractic board, the New Zealand chiropractic board at that stage. They were kind of moving the goalposts a little bit in terms of registration for our graduates. Um, <clears throat> and it, it got a little bit messy, um, but we ended up in the, in the office of the, uh, the Minister of, of, was it the Minister of Health or the Minister of Education? At the time? Minister of Health, I think it was. And he kind of said, what are you people doing in here? You should be talking to each other. We said, well, yeah, we're trying to, but they're not playing nice. So essentially out of that came an agreement that we, we went to mediation. It was the association, mm -hmm. the chiropractic board, and the college. And we're very lucky in New Zealand that those are the three major players. We've just got one association, one college, and one regulatory body. Right. So we signed an agreement after mediation. It was a memorandum of understanding that if any of the groups had any problems with any of the other groups, the first thing we do is we get on the phone and we'll have a chat. Well, that has been a godsend. It has been the best thing because we have a very good relationship between those three groups as a result. And the Memorandum of Understanding has been, um, well, let's say it, it's been uh, respected and 
when there are issues, we talk. So we talk to each other first rather than going external. And I think this has been a really, really good uh, situation ever since. We still have, um, you know, some political ramifications because we are inherently linked to the Australians a little bit because of the CCEA, the accreditation body, but also uh, with with their um, regulatory body and ours because to graduate from our college, you can practice in Australasia without having to do any further exams, that sort of thing. So okay. there's a tie-in. There is a tie-in there, but we still, in New Zealand, we still have some autonomy and we don't, you know, unlike some people think that we always follow follow Australia. I don't think so. I think they follow us. But anyway, they, they, they would disagree. But essentially, we have a great have a great political climate in New Zealand because of that, because we all talk to each other. Um, I think the fact that the majority of the chiropractors practicing in New Zealand now are graduates of this college, and it, it's probably fair to say that the the direction of the college kind of sets the course for the graduates to some extent as well. So we're all, we all know each other really well. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a relatively small number of chiropractors practicing in New Zealand. There's only four and a half million people. And I think there's under 500 practicing chiropractors in New Zealand. We all know each other basically. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like, you know, everyone's pretty protective of their turf. In terms of chiropractic, we really like how it is in New Zealand. Yeah. And I think chiropractors in New Zealand are fairly protective of that, and we stick together pretty much. That's cool. Oh, that's that's yeah. awesome. Um, I, I also just wanted to go uh, into a little bit about, um, you know, how you became president. Like, how, like, because for a lot of people, how that you've been, you've how many years have you been president for now? Uh, nearly six. Nearly six years. Wow, time flies. Nearly so, six. Wow, that has gone fast. Yeah, it was. Um, when we, when the four of us, Brett, Robin, Jim, and myself, kind of drove the startup of the college, then we sort of thought, well, we're going to have to have people to teach. Well, I, I had taught at Sherman for that year. Um, Jim had done some teaching previous to going to chiropractic college. So from day one, there were three of us. There was Jim Stanier who was teaching skills which was basically technique i was teaching philosophy and bernadette murphy who you know is well known in the research circles in chiropractic she was teaching the science stuff so um i used to fly fly up from taupo every week one day a week to teach philosophy Uh, jim was the president or ceo and taught skills and bernadette the science so so I'd been teaching at the college from day one, so since 1994, and just flying up one day a week from my practice in Taupo. And then at some point, it must have been around the year 2000, um, I was asked to be on the board, the board of trustees. Right. Um, and then in 2002, the college ran into a couple of, there were a couple of speed bumps, financial ones primarily. And I had a, uh, it's funny how the universe works, isn't it? I, um, I had a, a fairly major um, operation. I had to had have some, some bowel work done, oh, wow. which prevented me from practicing 
for quite some time. And the board at the time said, well, we need someone up here in Auckland. Can you sit at a desk? Because I couldn't practice. I said, well, I could do that. So basically I took on the interim president's role for what was supposed to be a couple of months. It turned out being a year. Ah. And, uh, and, and essentially as a result of uh, being in that role and sort of having a look at, at the structure of how the college was was run, et cetera, et cetera, uh, I managed to call on a favour from a couple of friends of mine, Brian McCauley, who was the interim president at Sherman College at that time, who I knew from when I was at school. He was at, at Penn Strait, but I knew Brian quite well. Guy Reekman, who was then at Palmer, mm. and Carl Cleveland, obviously at Cleveland. Um, and essentially, cut a long story short, we needed some help to get ourselves out of the, out of the, the situation we were in. And they came to the party and they lent us a million dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Between Palmer, Cleveland and Sherman, they supported us through that time. We, you know, obviously I had to show a plan going forward. Yeah. Um, how that would work. Uh, and they were pleased with the plan. Um, and then once that was sort of set up um, and, and underway, I went back to practice. Brian Kelly became the president at the, the New Zealand College of Chiropractic. He was also a board member previous to that. He became the president. Brian had a great energy and, and really did a good job of building from that base and, and the college started to thrive. Interestingly, that, that million dollars, I think, was set up as a loan but never considered that it would be paid back. We did pay it back. Oh, we wow. paid all of it back and we've done... A uh, really, really good job of building from that point. So once I got out of that role, the interim president's role, and went back into practice, the board then wanted me to be the chairman of the board because I kind of got to know the place quite well. Yeah. So I was the chairman of the board of trustees for, well, for 10 years from then until, wow. um, until then becoming the president in 2013. Oh, that's so cool. that's kind of how it went. And it was like one of those things where I, people would say, well, why do you want to do that? Because you've got this great practice. You live where you want to live. Everything's going great. And the answer to that was, I don't know, but it's something I've got to do. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, it was my baby. 100%. And yeah, yeah. And, and it was your fault because we, after beers, you're the one who mentioned it at first. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. And of course, you know, uh, Jim had done a great job of, of startup. Robin had built on that. And then there was that interim period that I had. And then Brian Kelly did a, a great job of just building it from there. And, and then Eric Russell came on board and he did a really good job of steadying the ship. And then it was my turn. And, you know, we lost a few along the way. Jim had, had, had left. Robin had left. Fred Island, my mate, unfortunately died in a, in a tragic plane crash. Otherwise, he would have been still uh, my choice probably. I would have said, well, you have to stand up and do this. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it was kind of left to me. So it was, it was and it's been a, it's, it's a passion, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I'm very, very proud of, of the New Zealand College of Chiropractic. I'm proud on the world stage. But also, it's, it's kind of very authentic New Zealand. You've been here. Yep. Um, we do things our own, you know, our, use, our style. And I think it's important that we preserve that. 
it's who we are and it, it makes us a little bit different too. Mm -hmm. And, and chiropractors, of course, it's accredited school, um, can all come back and practice in Canada, can practice all across the world. Um, we were just at a seminar last weekend and a lot of people weren't aware of that, that, that you could go to New Zealand and still come back. So if you're Canadian and actually it's really good financial wise too, as far as a nice oh, school. It works That's, out well with the exchange rates. Yeah, it really does. And, and you have yeah. quite a few Canadians that are at school right now, don't you? The majority of our international students are Canadian. Um, we're working towards strategically having half domestic students and half international. We're currently at about 39% international, and the majority of those internationals are represented by Canadians. They, they resonate really well with New Zealand. New Zealanders and Canadians get on really well, seem to have very similar attitudes and values, um, and, and, it, and it works out really well for them. So we're really happy to have the, the Canadians and our other internationals as well, who do come from all over the world. And, and because we are accredited by the CCEA, and we have the highest uh, rating of accreditation from both the CCEA and the New Zealand Government Accrediting Agency, which is called the NZQA. And because of that, we also uh, are able to attract some government funding, um, which is really useful for the domestic students. Yeah. They get subsidised to some extent. But essentially, it makes our, it makes our degree quite portable. So the portability of the degree is, is, is pretty good. You can go basically wherever you want to go. Uh, then obviously you may have to do some exams like the Canadians oh, have yeah, to do the exams. Canadian board exams. Yeah. Um, or if you go to North America over to the U S or anywhere else for that matter. But, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty well accepted all around the world. Mm, that's cool. And, uh, yeah. and, and it's one of our top referring places that we like to refer uh, students to. So everybody out there, refer some students to New Zealand. Yeah, thank you, Don. <laughs> I, I want to talk about your research department because we're going to start to go from the New Zealand school and your story into chiropractic around the world at the current moment with the political climate. So I just wanted to maybe have you explain a little bit about the research facility you have at New Zealand because it's kind of top notch around the world in our style or our brand of chiropractic. Yeah. And this goes back to our startup because we did recognize early in the piece that um, we had an opportunity to kind of learn from other people's mistakes and maybe do some things a little differently rather than just repeating some things. So one of the things we were really, really committed to was right at the very beginning, um, having a bit of a research culture and having some research going on. And I suppose having Bernadette Murphy as part of our um, faculty of three at that point was really, really useful because yeah. Bernard is essentially number one, a researcher. So, and Jim was really strong on this one as well. So we decided we needed to make sure that we had very even weighting between the philosophy, science and art, which meant research had to be done. And most of the time um, when chiropractic colleges are being formed, all of the money, all of the resources have to go into forming that college. Mm -hmm. But we made sure that we, we were a bit clever about how we went about research because you can collaborate with other researchers, use their money, use our brains, and you can get some things done. So right from the very beginning, we did have a, a research agenda at the college that grew. And then later on, um, you know, some of our own students, Kelly Holt, who graduated in the first class, Heidi Ulvik, who graduated in our second class, 
both went on and got PhDs in neurophysiology and neurology at Auckland University. Mm-hmm. And Heidi Horvick, believe it or not, we made her the director of the research center before she got her PhD. Oh, wow. And that, that was a little bit shocking at the time because we caught the bit of grief. A lot of people were very critical of that, but we said, no, no, we know what we're doing. We're backing a winner here. And of course, Heidi was being supervised in her PhD by Bernadette Murphy. Oh, cool. And so I suppose it grew, but then it, it grew more so after we had appointed Heidi to this full-time role of, of the director. And, and of course, the direction of the research, which has been critical to their success, has very much been influenced by their chiropractic education, which was here, which yeah. was, so that's why they've gone more about chiropractic care and the effects on the function of the brain and the neuroplasticity and the and, and all of those things rather than, you know, the old low back pain, headaches, cervicogenic stuff. It's not been that stuff. It's been more about brain function because that's where they come from. So um, they've done extremely well, as you know. Uh, you know, research is one of the bitchiest places in the world. Uh, you know, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I piss anyone off by saying this. That's okay. But, we're over that. <laughs> and I have to say, I got to take my hat off to Heidi and Kelly in particular because you know they cop so much grief over what they're doing from so many other researchers who have a different point of view, which is fine. Right. I'm just kind of a little bit surprised about the way they go about it. It's supposed to be an academic thing, but it, it's more like reality TV gone bad, you know. <laughs> I just have to say that. But that's that resilience. you got to remember Kelly and Heidi both were part of this gang that didn't even know they'd be able to graduate. So they are resilient, but um, they're doing a great job. Some of the studies that we've got going with a lot of our collaborators because that kind of philosophy that we had at the beginning mm-hmm. is still carrying through where we have some really good collaborations going with other universities all around the world who are not necessarily chiropractic chiropractically oriented. You know, we've got the Danes, we've got a university in, in Denmark, University of Alborg, we've got uh, Kamal Turka from Turkey. We've got some stuff happening in France at the moment that we've just signed some agreements to have some collaborative stuff done there, our stroke studies that we're doing in Pakistan. So what we're doing is we're utilizing other people and their expertise and research and some of their equipment and money, and we're putting our spin on it. And our team are doing a really, really good job in terms of, you know, chiropractic more from a functional uh, optimizing potential point of view. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. Uh, I think that's amazing because um, we've seen all that research come out. Uh, the one I think, and again, this is just maybe a question, just as a general chiropractor, because I know it's just through Canada. You know, there's a lot of strife going back and forth in the in the powers that be in chiropractic, and and a lot of the researchers that are on the more the MSK side just seem to discredit all of that research. And, and so I was wondering if you could speak to that, like, <laughs> like even the chiropractors yeah. say, how can they just discredit everything that's not MSK? Yeah, well, it seems funny because recently it, it would appear that um, it used to be NMSK, you know, neuromusculoskeletal. That yeah. was cool. You know, yeah. that's okay. 
Yeah. But there seems to have been a group of researchers or people in the profession who seem to want to um, just disregard the neuro part of it. And that's our, that's our thing. That's, that's what we're into. Um, happy with the MSK, if you chuck it in there with the neuro. Yeah. But I, otherwise, it becomes a different profession, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, because that isn't really what the objective of, of chiropractic is, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, it is, it's a bit of a conundrum because I don't know whether the chiropractic profession is, is sort of over-enamoured with ego or, or not, but whether there are other professions who, who suffer this, I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. But everyone wants their slice of the pie, don't they? And it seems like we, we seem to have forgotten that, you know, there's plenty for everyone. Right. And we can, we can all do what we do without stopping other people from doing what they do. Right. And I, I know that sounds a little bit like a cliche, but I see this happening in research in chiropractic at the moment as everyone's trying to hold on to their nuts, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're saving, they're saving their nuts for a rainy day. And I think there's enough nuts for everyone if we all just put them out on the table and, and tolerate the differences. But let's actually... I know it seems kind of funny. It's it's not going to be united, but there are some things that tie us together. Mm-hmm. You know, let's hold on to those and tolerate the differences. But that doesn't seem to be the case, more especially in chiropractic research at the moment. They're all banging heads. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't understand that. It's like, yeah, you do what you do, knock yourself out. But don't tell us. <laughs> Don't tell us that we can't do what we do because what we do is useful. And I think that's the first thing in research. And I'm not a researcher, but I am a user of it. And I think research first and foremost should be useful. Right. It should offer some use. Well, I have to say, I've seen some chiropractic research in in quotes that has had no use at all. I can't see the use for it. I think it would be kind of nice if if we could all get together and say, okay, what we've only got a certain amount of of uh, resource for research in chiropractic. Right. How can we use that best, rather than just spreading it thin? With you know, I was at a chiropractic seminar once, and there was a research chiropractic research done into if you if you mixed uh, what do they call them those, those you know Red Bull you you mix your Red Bull oh. in with your vodka are you more likely to drive drunk? Oh, if you have I'm a stimulant or caffeine with your alcohol. Yeah, if you if you if you mix your Red Bull with your vodka, are you more likely to drive drunk than if you just drank your vodka with something else? And that was a chiropractic research, and I'm thinking this is ridiculous. Well, and we have such little funding, right? Like we need that to go to towards important stuff. Like, yeah. And and I'm sorry. I'm sorry again if I piss someone off there, Um, but I don't think that's useful for chiropractic. It might be useful, you know, for for some other group, but I didn't see any use for that in chiropractic myself. Uh, So I I just have like 
what would be um, your vision for chiropractic in the future? Or, or like, or to what I'm trying to answer, uh, ask is we have chiropractors out there that are kind of frustrated and feel alone and don't know what to do. And I was wondering what kind of things would you suggest that they might be able to do to help with this issue or whatever? Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's almost a social issue now because people are lonely. Um, my suggestion is, start a group like Chiropractic First New Zealand Limited, you know, get, get in with some like-minded people and start mixing with them. Put your phone away and go and meet with them. Great. Go and actually have a tangible meeting with some people who think the same way you do, that you can share ideas with, you can actually sit down and have a, have a drink and a meal with them. And let's get back to that face-to-face contact rather than the faceless contact on your phones and all of this meaningless rubbish that social media is is putting out there. Because all that does is it makes you feel so bad about your own life because everyone else is lying about their life, you know? So I think let's get get human about this. Let's get real and start connecting with each other on a much, much more human level and then when it becomes real, then your practice becomes real. Your life becomes real. And you can share ideas from other people. Um, you know, we all, coaches are good. It's good to have coaches. But I think there's a resource right real close to each other, in each other, that we don't use enough. It's got to be collegial. It's got to be very friendly and non-adversarial and everyone has to take this point of view that there is enough pie for everyone. Right. Yeah. That's well, I mean, that sounds a little utopic, I suppose, <laughs> but maybe call me old fashioned, but I think old fashioned values are not too bad. That's why they lasted so long. Well, that's good. That's awesome. Well, that's great. Now I always like just for fun, um, I always like to, I call it my, uh, my uh, Terminator question. My Terminator question <laughs> is, is in the movie Terminator, you could like zip back in time and you could yeah. talk to yourself. And, and, and if, you had, if you were able to have a conversation with yourself back in time, maybe when you're like 20 years old and, and you could give yourself some fatherly advice, what, what, would you, what would you say to yourself or what kind of advice would you give to yourself? No, that one put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I think... I think it would probably be what I was talking about before. I would probably say to myself, you just need to learn to be a little bit more tolerant. Mm. And that doesn't mean that doesn't mean dilute your values, dilute your, your passion or, or lose any of that. But perhaps, perhaps I've become more tolerant. You've got to be pretty tolerant in this job. I've got to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's quite different than being in practice, being in full-time practice, which by the way, I could do that again tomorrow in a heartbeat. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. being in, in practice. But, um, yeah, I think probably that would be the thing. If, if I found myself able to talk to myself at 20, I'd say, young man, you might want to be a little bit more tolerant. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good advice. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, our, our time's coming to the end, and, and what I always like uh, is just our guests to take the last couple minutes 
uh, just to share any words of wisdom or inspiration to the chiropractors out there. We call it breaking the underdog curse because a lot of times we feel like underdogs out there. We feel kind of a little bit alone or a little bit kind of stagnant or some people just want some inspiration driving to work. So what kind of uh, words would you like to leave everybody in closing? Well, I've got to tell you that every day I'm amazed basically being inspired by the students. And I have that available to me that most chiropractors don't because literally you watch these students come in here wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to go, lots of enthusiasm, and you watch the ebb and flow of their education and, and, their, and their chiropractic wisdom rising, you know. And there are times when it's, it's quite deflating because you see them struggling, but then in the end you see them grow from children into adults who have the world at their feet and chiropractic in their hands, their hearts and their minds. And that is inspiring to me because when we graduate a class, it is really one of the most special days of the year and it makes it all worthwhile. And it makes me feel confident that this profession will continue in whatever different forms it may take, but the, the profession as I love it is being propelled forward, at least by the majority of the graduates from the New Zealand College of Chiropractic, and I find that inspiring. Well, I know you're a busy man, and I know you travel all over the world, and, uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to have a little chat with us. So thank you very much, uh, Philip. Really appreciate oh, you. I appreciate your time, Don. It's been great. Thanks. And it's always good to talk to you, Don. Oh, yeah. We'll hang out anywhere we can around the world. We've, we've actually hung out at a, quite a few different spots, eh? <laughs> <laughs> we do find each other in the same places. Yes, we do. That's it. It's always a pleasure, uh, my friend. And uh, so everybody out there, um, you know, I, I think I'd really like to have you just focus on leadership, focus on how you can get back to this profession, focus how you can have a little bit more tolerance um, and support those around you so that you can get out there and crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.